This podcast is brought to you by Score Foundation. Hi, my name is George Abraham and welcome to Iway Conversations. My guest today is from Cape Town, South Africa. She is Lois Strachan. She is a author, a speaker, a blogger, a podcaster, a disability advocate and a part-time rock musician. Hi, uh, Lois, welcome. Thank you so much George it is great to be with you so the pleasure is all mine uh, you know uh, i am an avid reader and uh, when i <laughs> saw in your profile that you were a best selling author let me ask you the first question which is what do you write about mostly at this stage i've been writing about blindness about inclusion and all of my books focus on that broad topic but they're all approaching it from different standpoints. The first four books that I started writing are illustrated children's books. Yeah. Which I started writing by accident and there's a whole story behind that comment. And then from there I moved into a writing a memoir called A Different Way of Seeing. Right. A blind woman's journey of a blind woman's journey of living I've forgotten the title of my book, an ordinary, <laughs> in an extraordinary way. And then the, the final book that I wrote that I published in 2021 is Pause for Thought, Seeing the World Through the Eyes of a Guide Dog. And that's a memoir based on the observations of my current guide dog, whose name is Fiji. That's interesting. So what is the story that uh, uh, was behind uh, the first four books? I wrote the books when I first became blind at the age of 21. Right. And looking back now, I can see that what I was doing at the time was really assimilating what I was learning about blindness techniques, tools, how to live, how to adjust the way of living to accommodate the fact right. that I'd become blind. I didn't right. see it that way at the time. They were books that I wrote because my computer teacher was telling me that the best way for me to learn to use a computer with a screen reader was to spend time writing and creating things on the computer. And the books came out of that. I'm sure it's very prudent advice and uh, very productive as far as you are concerned. And where would these books be available if somebody wanted to read them? All of my books are available on Amazon. Um, yeah. They are also available through my website, loisstrachan.com. Yeah. And a different way of seeing is also available on most of the audiobook stores. Yeah. And then finally, all but one of the books are also available on Bookshare. If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness, Please share the IWA National Toll Free Helpline number 1800 53 20 469 
The number is 1-800-532-0469. You talked about losing your sight when you were 21. I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was six years old. And oh. I don't know whether I wasn't aware of the complications or the possible complications of diabetes or whether as a rather stubborn six-year-old, I just chose to ignore them. But I had no idea that poor management of my diabetes might lead to significant consequences. Right. And my blindness is directly a, a result of my diabetes. Right. And I was in my final year at university, I was doing a Bachelor of Arts degree. Yes. When I noticed that I was having problems with my eyesight, what followed was about 14 months of laser surgery, followed by six surgical operations. And yeah. the end of it resulted in my becoming totally blind. Right. As, as you say, I mean, it, it's obviously a big adjustment. And I consider myself incredibly fortunate that I had the resources, the aptitude, the attitude, the support that really helped me make that transition. I'm also a problem solver by nature. Right. And I think that really helped me because my entire life became a little series of problems to be solved. Right. And I, I was able to really think my way through that whole transition period. Ultimately, right. where my, I think my story is unusual is that I made that conversion, that transition incredibly quickly from being told that I was totally blind to making the decision to just, okay, let me go and see what is still going to be possible for me. But um, having said that, it's it's a continuous journey. And it's I think one of the things that I love about my life is that I'm able to view it as a series of things to learn and experience and do and, and to, to try. What was the kind of um, support that you got from, uh, say, friends and family, siblings, if any? I was really fortunate because for the most part, my support system in terms of my family and my friends were really, really strong. I did have a couple of people who turned away and walked out of my life. And that's almost inevitable. I think we all experience that um, when when going through this kind of transition. Right. And it's okay. It, yeah. it was okay. But for the most part, the support that I got and have always had since then has really been fantastic. And I'm immensely um, grateful to my friends and my family for their ongoing support. They allow me to do and support me when I do some crazy things. They kind of look at me, shake their heads and go, okay, what's going to happen next? And that really is fantastic that they're able to let me do that. You you also do a lot of blogging. Now, do you think uh, blindness uh, probably uh, kind of encouraged you or goaded you or pushed you into writing? Would you have been a writer if, uh, say, uh, blindness did not, did not visit you? I can't say for sure. I can tell you that I was studying archaeology 
when I was at university and that was kind of my, one of my first realizations was a blind archaeologist might not happen. So I can't say what I would have done uh, if I hadn't lost my sight. I certainly don't think that I would have become a writer. I had no plans to, but I really have fallen into writing and it's it is very much part of my life now, you know, after six books and something like 500 blogs that I've posted. Um, it's very much part of my everyday life now. So uh, I presume that these blogs would be life experiences and life uh, uh, opinions, views, and uh, uh, basically uh, talking about uh, your day-to-day experiences i guess very much so i i blog on a number of different um what's the word i'm looking for topics thank you i blog on a number of different topics from travel through to disability awareness through to my own life my guide dog writes blogs for me as well once a month um so if they really do it just depends on whatever grabs my imagination at the time when I'm sitting down to write a blog each week. I have shared some of my song lyrics on my blog. I have shared experiences of speeches that I've given, um, travel that I've done, right. some of the organizations that I've worked with. It really expands every aspect of my life. And uh, what is uh, your blog called and where can one find your blog? My blog is the Beyond Sight blog, and right. it can be found on my website, loisstrachen.com. Tell us a little bit about your uh, friend, Fiji, because uh, you <laughs> seem to be very fond of it, or fond oh, of her, rather. Fiji is very much part of my life as well. She is my third guide dog. She's currently eight years old, and in fact, we have been working together for seven years now, I think. and. You know, I really enjoy working with a guide dog. I do, obviously, when I travel, I use my white cane and my mobility with my white cane is possibly not as strong as it ought to be because I do tend to, my first choice would be my guide dog. Um, but she's so much a fantastic support for me and a companion as well. So the idea to write a book about Fiji's life came out of observing the world through her eyes, her perspectives, because she has the ability to say things about disability, about life, about so social awareness right. that possibly I might not be able to say. So it, it gives a different perspective on, on the world. You also are a motivational speaker. Um, so how did that journey start and uh, what's the kind of motivational speaking you do and, uh, and, and do you enjoy it? I do enjoy speaking. I think it's something that I've been involved in for a very long time. I never, again, my life seems to be a series of accidents. I never really thought about becoming a speaker. Right. And then I got involved with an organization called Toastmasters International. Right. That teaches communication and leadership skills. Right. And once I became immersed in the Toastmasters world, I started sharing my story with a broader audience within Toastmasters. Right. And people that I met 
kept saying to me, you need to be telling your story out in the world, out in society. Right. So it really started there. And yeah. it's something that I've, I've picked up. I consider myself a transformational speaker rather than a motivational speaker, largely because I believe the only person that I can motivate is myself. Right. I can inspire others. I can create transformation, change in the way they act, the way they think, the way they, what they believe. Right. So in that sense, I, I consider myself a transformational speaker or possibly an inspirational speaker. But having said that, I also do other work using my speaking right. within organizations around disability awareness. Right. So uh, I was also reading uh, about you and uh, I, I saw that you are a, a, a licensed coach. So uh, what does that mean? I have a diploma in coaching skills and right. I use my coaching pretty much every day of my life when I'm working with people, if I'm working with people on projects, coaching comes into so many different aspects of my life because I'm working with people and coaching is really, it's about questioning skills to open up awareness, to open up possibilities in the way people see their lives, their realities. So coaching is very much part of what I'm doing within every aspect of my life, but um, also working directly with others with disabilities, helping them to look at new possibilities in their lives. Uh, Lois, uh, you are married to Craig, uh, and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you this question because uh, in India, you know, very often when a blind person gets married, normally uh, uh, they look for a spouse who also has a disability. Uh, so what's the story? Uh, is there a story uh, in the Craig-Lewis partnership? There is quite a story. Uh, Craig is sighted. Yeah. Um, we met through music. Wow. And I attended a music festival in Cape Town. Yeah. And Craig looked out into the audience. His band was playing on stage. Right. He looked out into the audience, saw my guide dog and went, oh, what a beautiful guide dog. And we met the following day. And I, I think it was my guide dog that he fell in love with first. <laughs> and from, <laughs> from there... We became involved. Um, I then poached him from his band, started working and um, playing music with him. And right. we were married the following year. So, And that was now 24 years ago. Wasn't it uh, Shakespeare who said, music be the food of love, <laughs> then play on? <laughs> it was indeed. <laughs> so uh, you uh, also did mention uh, of your visit to India. So when was yeah. that and where did you come in India and uh, what brought you to India? I have always loved traveling and becoming blind hasn't done anything to diminish my love of travel. Right. Coming to Kolkata in India, where we traveled in April 2019 and we were there for about 10 days. Right. There primarily because Craig had a business trip and I needed some time away from Cape Town to finish updating my memoir. Right. So 
that's actually a very important special memory for me to remember sitting in the hotel room working frantically to finish rewriting areas of my book and I I absolutely loved my time in Kolkata I loved the food I loved the people I loved the experience the immersive experience there's just so much going on always and yeah I mean I've been really fortunate with the amount that I've been able to travel since losing my sight so I think I'm now up to 24 different countries since becoming blind and it's always a, a real treat to travel to experience new places new cultures and it's just yeah it is definitely one of my favorite passions you did touch upon uh, music and the fact that uh, your partnership with Craig uh, originates with music uh, and you also did mention that you like rock music because you also write your songs so uh, how do you actually deliver these songs to audiences as a well let me go back to long long ago okay when i was very very young people used to ask me what i wanted to be when i grew up yeah and the only answer that i could give them was that i wanted to be a musician right and people kind of looked at me and said but that's not a particularly practical answer so i became very hesitant to explore playing music right first thing i did after becoming blind at 21 a week after my diagnosis i joined a rock band right and music has always for me been a way of giving myself the space and the time to just have fun and right. to do something i love doing and reading is much the same for me in terms of you know i i am a guitarist i play piano and keyboard i am a songwriter but primarily i'm a vocalist right and in fact we recently put some of our songs onto spotify wow. so if you look up the band tuesday's child on spotify the yeah. album is songs for somebody right and there are i think 11 songs maybe 10 songs that are available all of all of which are with me singing all written by me and yeah i love playing live to to audiences there's right. something it, it's very different it, it's unlike any other experience of playing live on stage and just being in the music tell me uh, you picked up the guitar and the piano and all that after you went blind or uh, you learned the instruments uh, as you grew up I'd always been playing music so I I started playing well not really playing piano but playing around on a piano making right. noise more than music when I was very very young right and I had a few piano lessons I had a few guitar lessons as I grew older but I really only started playing after losing my sight I certainly only started writing music after I became blind right so are uh, like your blog uh, are these uh, songs also kind of uh, biographical in nature that is so hard to answer i generally i see art as being more about the way it is perceived or interpreted right by the person who's listening the person who's reading the person right. who's exploring it right there are i have no doubts they they are some aspects that are very personal right 
but it's really hard to say. To support our work with the blind and visually impaired, you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in. Please note www.scorefoundation.org.in. Probably you are the first podcaster I am actually <laughs> meeting and talking. So, um, uh, you know, uh, how do you decide that you want to speak to somebody on a podcast? What are the kind of topics you like to talk about? Uh, is it all disability related or is it um, uh, generally life related? When I first started the podcast, it was in partnership with an organization called Accessible South Africa. Right. And it was primarily about travel for persons with disabilities. Right. So for the first few years that I was podcasting, my topics, my subject matter revolved around people who had traveled, what their experiences were like, some of the recreation, the sports activities that were available to people with disabilities. And then once COVID hit, right. It, we, and we didn't know what the world was quite going to look like. Right. I started questioning whether it might not be a good time for me to start shifting into a broader topic. Right. So for the last year, the topic has been on more general topics related to disability, still across the, the spectrum of disabilities, right. not focusing purely on blindness. Right. But it's given me the opportunity to chat to people on all sorts of different topics related to disability. In terms of how I find people to interview, if anything, I have a list of people and it's a question of who is the next person that right. I can can make contact with. So I've, I'm very seldom run out of people to talk to. I'm right. very curious about people. So I love hearing their stories. Right. And also, I am a member of a Facebook group for right. podcasters, um, which matches podcast guests and podcast hosts. And right. that's been a, a rich source of people to interview. Would you like to share three things with our audience, uh, learnings from your life, which you believe are transformative? I think for me, there are a few lessons that I keep coming up against that are reinforced by almost everything that happens in my life. The first of those is that if I'm going to do something new, yeah. I'm going to approach it believing that I will be able to do it. And all I have to do is to figure out how. Right. Because that shifts the conversation between that inner voice that says, you might not be able to do it. Right. Right because that often stops us from moving forwards. So right. I, I'm always going to approach things from the, the perspective of, I will be able to do it. I just need to work out how. Right. Another thing that I have learned is that one of the best ways to work through challenges that seem overwhelming is to take them one step at a time. Right. 
Because if I'm looking at the whole thing, the whole task, the whole challenge, it can often seem overwhelming. Right. But if I look at it, I just need to figure out the next step. It's amazing how often taking just one step helps me to learn more ways to go forwards. It opens new opportunities and suddenly things become a lot easier. And then the final one is something of a reality check against what I've already said. I know right. in my life there are going to be a few things that I'm going to come up against right. that I'm not going to be able to do. Right. But what my blindness has taught me is that there is so much that I can do. Why should I waste my time worrying about the very few things that I cannot? I think all these three thoughts are beautiful. And uh, I think uh, all of us uh, do come across uh, opportunities to experience these lessons in our lives. So, uh, Lois, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you for taking the time and uh, wish you the very best and we must stay in touch. Thank you so much. And if any of your audience would like to make contact with me, it would be great for them to hop onto my website, loisstrocken.com. This podcast was brought to you by SCORE Foundation. Ka